Endorphins are neuropeptides from the hypothalamus and pituitary gland. They cross the blood-brain barrier and head into the opioid receptors to block pain and create feelings of euphoria. And if anything I said resonates inside your head, then tune on in to the Endorphin Report. Welcome to the Endorphin Report. I'm Daniel. I'm Cynthia. As I always discuss at the beginning of every podcast, this is a podcast about romantic movies and how they give us endorphins, or they don't. But I think this one does give some endorphins. We're talking about Fever Pitch with Drew Barrymore and Jimmy Fallon. And let's talk about endorphins for a second. Endorphins are something you're always looking for in movies, right? They compel a lot of your movie watching. Yep. So just happy, happy little sprinkles coming out of my brain from happy moments in movies. Mm Mm-hmm. Like it might be a glance that somebody has, it might be a sudden reunion or a gesture that is romantic. Mm -hmm. Someone just taking somebody's hand, giving a nice look, you know, happy little moments. And it's not just like an isolation, like everything has to build up to it, I feel like. Yeah, I mean, what usually makes it sometimes max endorphins would be if something feels genuine or it feels like there's a genuine buildup. People genuinely seem to have attention and seems to have something nice, which is why a better film usually will give better endorphins than a super crappy Hallmark. Because the acting is better and the writing is better. Yep, you're more invested. And the transitions can be more natural and believable. Yeah, but you know, sometimes you're still rooting for that journalist going for that prince, you know? Sometimes even if it's, <laughs> if it's just a silly plot, you're still like, go, give them each other a good look, you know? It's still pretty good. So we're going to talk about Fever Pitch, go through the plot of it, and we've got some segments to talk about that will help to elicit our feelings about the endorphins, like what happens the next day after the, the events of the movie? Uh, will they make it as a couple? You versus ooh. So that's like... The wooing tactics for each other. Wooing tactics, is yeah. It ew, is it gross? or is it ooh? Yeah, one of our producers wants us to change the name, but we never will. <laughs> what do they want to change it to? <laughs> they didn't have a suggestion. They, just they didn't thought have it was, gross they didn't first like rate? Do you want <laughs> they thought it was too confusing or just annoying or oh, something. Oh, okay, well, they could, we you know, we could always do late. a vote for gross first grade. Wooing tactics. I mean, that's at least more, that's at least more like, but we'll always know it was ooh or it's ew. We'll know. We'll know deep down. There's the story of us, which is how we personally would do in relationships with these characters. So we'll finish up with the endorphin report. Does this movie give endorphins? Should you watch Fever Pitch for those romantic sprinkles in the brain? Endorphin sprinkles. Yeah, so let's get into it. The story of Fever Pitch. Uh, let's see. So we have, yeah, Drew Barrymore has Lindsay, and then Jimmy Fallon is Ben, and they're both quite young. It's quite adorable because what that was like fifteen years ago or more. So she says, "I'm I'm about to turn the big twenty ten <laughs> for some reason." Yeah, I've never heard it described that way. Brian, my husband, said like he he walked by and he was like, "Oh yeah, Drew Barrymore has actually been in some tolerable rom coms." So that's how his brain functions: rom coms. <laughs> like, what's tolerable? I like a lot of Drew Barrymore rom coms. Yeah, well, two, she's real I guess. sweet. And actually, her and Jimmy Fallon both right now have both have their own talk shows. 
That's true, isn't it? Look at that. Yeah. yeah. So they're just likable, sweet people. They're likable. Who, yeah. They're not the strongest actors in the world, but, but they incredibly have been charming. pushed together in this film, and they are just sweetie pies. The movie starts out with Jimmy Fallon is a little kid. I mean, there's a little kid named Ben, who's him. He moves to Boston. He doesn't know anybody. He's really shy. And his uncle Carl brings him to a Red Sox game. And then since then, that's how he finds his community and his meaning is basically like the Red Sox. So he inherited his Uncle Carl's amazing seats, which are like 10 feet away from the dugout. So he's able to go every year. They then cut to Drew Barrymore, Lindsay, who initially when they first show her, she's kind of like a corporate worker who loves her job. Her work is very vague. It's something to do with getting private jets. Corporate numbers person is what I would say. She makes a lot of money is what I'll sell you. So she is working at her job and then Ben teaches high school and he's kind of like a scruffy, awkward dork who walks in with a hoodie, which I was like, hoodie? Uh, I like hoodies on with men. <laughs> and he has a sweater and a tie and an untucked shirt sticking out of his sweater yep. at the so bottom. So he's just a scruffy high school teacher, which I know a lot of people don't like scruffy. I love scruffy. He brings in the kids, but he usually brings them to a kind of a field trip to show some, them how math can be used in a job. And then she shows them how it works and all, and, and they really like her. And then he later asks her out and she kind of is like no she's usually dated much like high corporate men who are really competitive and super high achieving so she kind of rejects him and then she later thinks like maybe i'm being too picky maybe i need to like try different ones and they're like yeah you should try going out with a different type of guy so then she ends so, up wait wait what what let's so let's stop freeze frame freeze roll frame. it back Hold back. The segment that I keep trying to start called the cute meat. Meat cute. Uh, No, the cute meat. See, I reversed it. What happens when they first meet? What is the spark? Because she decides to go out with him on the basis of the short meeting. She does not agree to go out with him, actually. She, uh, well, she eventually does, but in the beginning she doesn't. He just, I think, he's nice to see somebody who's passionate about their job and, like, she does a good job showing the kids. And also the kids tell him that she's out of his leagues, which makes him like, no, I could date her. So then he kind of thinks about going for it. She sees that he's great with the kids. Yeah. He makes a couple of jokes that are mildly charming. He makes many jokes in this that would get him fired. But, you know, it's a rom-com, so he gets away with it. She's like, I got to try someone who's different from all the dudes that I've been dating who are high-power corporate types. Yeah. On their first date, you know, he comes there, he brings flowers, and she is having really bad food poisoning, and she's just barfing up a storm. He comes in, and he starts taking care of her. He gets her in bed, changes her into her jammies, which is not really essential. She could sleep in her clothes. But then he, like, cleans up her bathroom, gets her Gatorade and all, and, you know, she's just really out of it, and he's just really sweet. He's being a really sweet guy. Oh, in her apartment, you would be like 100 millionaire to have this apartment in Boston downtown with the size and the way she has. It is a huge apartment. He cleans the bathroom and endears himself to her. So he gets another date. Yes. He brings her a bag of movies, which he jokes has animated porn from Japan in it. I think that was a joke. And she's like, well, my favorite movie is Annie Hall. And he says, well, that's an amazing coincidence. And he pulls out Roadhouse. The Roadhouse is a violent 80s movie with Patrick Swayze that would be a very poor guess. He's just such an aw shucks guy. He's like, you wanted Annie Hall. Oh, my God. And he pulls out Roadhouse. He's like, see, we're meant to be like, it's just they're very sweet and cute together. 
So it goes right to a montage, essentially. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're just going on dates, really enjoying each other. So this is the kind of rom-com that's not about them getting together. It's about the problems that happen after they get together. Yeah. Which I've said before, I like. They really like each other, and they really get along well. That's not an in-debate. They go walking in Boston Commons. They go to Niagara Falls. He makes her laugh a lot. Yeah. He's great with her friends as well. Kind of the high point of their sweetness before things start to go south are when he talks about, I wrote a list of all the things I like about you. Yeah, he's just like, I really like you. Hey, I like you. Yeah, charm is at 11 at this point. Yeah, and he, he's like, you talk out of the side of your mouth, which Jerry Barrymore does. She does a little talk and it goes out of the little side of her mouth. Like an adorable yeah. stroke victim. Yeah. He's, that's what he says. They're, they're super honeymoon phase where you're just like, I love you. You are so amazing. Everything about you is charming. Everything amazing, but this will never get annoying ever. You'll never be annoying to me. Nothing will ever irritate me. And the Red Sox thing comes up. Like the season's about to start and he's like, I'm a very, very serious Red Sox fan. But he actually describes it in a very endearing way, what it means to be a Red Sox fan. His faithfulness in the team and what it means to him in his childhood. And he's able to describe being a fan in a way that a lot of people, I think, are not, in a way that makes it seem very lovable. Yeah, he'll be able to be like, this is what gives my life structure, meaning, and community. And it gave me something to like cling on to when I was seven. And they do show his apartment is how she describes like a gift shop, basically, of like Red Sox stuff everywhere. <laughs> and they have like Yankees toilet paper to wipe your butt and stuff. So, you know, he's definitely massive Red Sox fan. But yeah, he's able to be like, this is what gives my meaning. This is what I really love. And and she's able to be like, well, you know, I work a lot and you enjoy this. So not a big deal. Like, I'll support you and you'll be OK that I'm not around all the time. So they're like, yeah. So they kind of like, you know, go, OK, yeah, we'll make this work. But this has been a problem in past relationships is what they do make note, you know, it's like foreshadowing. So she wants to invite him to family events. And he's like, I definitely want to go, but I can't go because I'm going spring training. And she's like, oh, you're going to spring train, do spring training with the Red Sox? And he's like, uh, no, I'm just going to watch. So they're going to have some conflict. She ends up going to a game where they explain how the Red Sox haven't won since 1918. They say the curse of the Bambino when they traded Babe Ruth. So at this point, when they were filming, the Red Sox had never won. So they're describing yep. this. He also meets her parents, and he's still kind of a man boy who's got a big, like, bib on him and eating lobsters and, like, being kind of ridiculous. But then he's later takes them out golfing the next day and is being, like, super sweet trying to get um, to know them. So he's a guy who's like, yeah, he's a man boy, but he also has really redeeming qualities and tries really hard. So they kind of always keep going back and forth with that in the film. Yeah, and she's making an effort, too, at this point. She says, I bought every book they had about the Red Sox. Probably not. There's a lot of books. Yeah, but, you know, she's making an effort to learn more, and, and they're just trying to compromise. She'll go to some games. He'll bring people to others, and they'll make it work. And evidently, they have sex all night, so that's a plus for them, too. I would be yeah, so tired and cranky. I would be. I would just be like, oh, don't touch me. I'm so tired. She's like, we come back at 11, oh my and then God. we have sex all night, and then she's losing sleep. She's literally working more, but she's trying to get a big promotion at her big corporate job, and she's typing at a laptop at the game, and he's like, can you not... And then he gets distracted. And talk about injuries. She gets hit in the head with a baseball and becomes unconscious. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. She's at home with a big ice pack and she had a CT scan, which is good. You should have a CT scan if you, like, got massively trauma to your head. 
She's like, this isn't working. I can't go to games anymore. It's affecting my job. This is too much. Also, she's going to have a massive concussion. This is totally going to affect her work, but she's fine the next day. You know, they just move on like no big deal. But yeah, it turns out he was high-fiving his friend. He got distracted and he's like, oh my God, you guys got the ball. And then they show him a second later going, oh, oh my God, she's down. He's definitely a guy who's like very distracted with the Red Sox. He becomes a little crazy. Like they show him at one point getting interviewed for like spring training and he's just like being a total ass. He's just like, the Red Sox, they're so amazing. Like he just becomes kind of a crazy frat boy when he gets a little too crazy about the Red Sox. And it's like, is he more of a Batman or a Superman to borrow something from Kill Bill? Which one is the costume and which one is the secret identity, eh? That is deep. Yeah. Because <laughs> Superman puts on a costume to become a secret identity, and Batman takes one off. Well, she calls it Winter Ben and Summer Ben. Summer That's Ben right. is a little nutty. Winter Ben, super sweet and has more emotional time. So she's like, I know I like Winter Ben, but Summer Ben's kind of a lot. They get another issue where she offers them to go to Paris together. She's like, I have an opportunity for you to come to Paris with me for a few days. And he's like, oh, I can't because of the Sox game. And then she gets upset that he's not willing to compromise. And then she tells him that her period's late. I don't know if she took a pregnancy test, but they just kind of do it vague. She says, my period's late. And then she calls him the next day and says, I got my period. So they kind of just swoop around there. Then they're both kind of sad when she gets her period because they're both kind of got used to the idea of them having a child together, which makes her then think about her future with him. Like, does she want to be with him and have kids? Is this guy going to function well? If he's just obsessed with the Red Sox, what kind of father or provider will he be? Yeah, she says she feels the kind of passion that he feels for the Red Sox for him. But she does it. She's not like, ah, Ben! <laughs> like, she loves him. She really loves him. <laughs> but she's Where not... Jimmy Fallon? She does not map her entire apartment full of Ben's face. Her wallpaper is not Ben. But yes. If they broke up, would she obsess over him for 25 years every day? But that's just a different love. They're different loves, you know? They're different. So the, he doesn't go to Paris with her. He believes that the Red Sox need him at that point. Yeah, and then she also is kind of like, I don't know how you feel about me and how this is going to work. And then he decides to make her more of a priority. So he skips the Red Sox game, and he goes to the super, super fancy Gatsby party birthday party. It's just a birthday party, but it's, as I said, it costs more than any wedding out there. It is so fancy, and everybody's got massive flapper outfits, and there's a live band, and everyone's dancing. And, you know, he has a great time and then they come home and they have like super amazing sex. And he's like, tonight's like the best night of my life. I'm so happy with you. And then he finds out that there was a super exciting historic Red Sox game that he missed. And he feels so destroyed by that, that she feels really heartbroken that he then is like, this is terrible. How did I do this? And how did I miss this? That they they end up breaking up. Yeah. And so he goes back to his Red Sox season tickets friends the adorable group of probably some real Bostonian people that are sitting around him. Baseball has this stability to it. It has this trustworthiness and regularity to it that relationships don't necessarily. Yeah. Like, you know, it'll be there for you. It'll always be there. And he's like, have you ever loved anything for that much for 23 years? And a little kid who's like on his baseball team is like, but do the Red Sox love you back? And he's like, shut up. But he ends up like in, you know, broken up with her, just feeling awful, eating a bunch of like buffalo wings watching old tapes 
of the Red Sox losing. So he does try to get her back. One of the things that makes him have a realization is he sees the Red Sox after they lose. He sees a couple of the players out eating and chatting. And he's like, oh, my God, like they they move on. Like it's a job. They have other things in their life. So then he goes to her and he's like, I want to be with you. And she's like, I don't think this is going to work. Too much has happened. She closes the door and he literally starts like crying, which you don't see often. So there's still a broken up. Then Lindsay gets her big promotion, but has, this is a climax, has she's getting her big promotion. She finds out that Ben is going to sell his Red Talk tickets to her douchey friend's husband, which he's going to sell his season tickets, which means he cannot have them back. Like, it's like an inherited thing he had. For $125,000. So then she realizes she loves her work and it gives her meaning and he loves the Red Sox and she doesn't want him to have to give up something like that for her. So she literally goes and buys scalped tickets to go into the Red Sox like a big game to try to then find him to stop him from selling the tickets. And he, she literally gives a scalper $600. She just had $600 on her. Have you ever walked around with $600 on you? I'd be very nervous if I walked around the streets with $600 on me. So he is literally about to sign and she is on the other side of the field and she does a dramatic jumping off, running across the field, dodging staff, literally hits one with her bag. She literally assaults them and then runs in, tells him to stop and not sign it. He's like, no, I want to do this for us, signs it. She rips it up. She's like, no, I love you. I want to make this work. If you're willing to give up things for me, I love you. Like, let's do this. They make out. And then she gets arrested. And the guy says, let her go, buddy. And he says, never. never. And then they show that they're together and the Red Sox go on to win the World Series. St. Louis. They end up saying they get pregnant. They end up celebrating on the field with the Red Sox, which I don't know how that happened, but you know. It really happened, though. They it really did. filmed that. Also, they had to change the ending because they didn't realize the Red Sox were going to win. <laughs> so they actually had to rewrite the ending. Yeah, I've thought about that a lot. Like, does it change the meaning of the film that you're now supporting like a winner uh, as opposed to supporting this underdog that keeps losing year after well, year? Well, they showed that they were willing to be together anyways, right? They decided that they... That was before they won. Yeah, this yeah. Is before they won. They were willing to be together. And they said that the karma of them being together of their good vibes made the Red Sox win. Because a lot of it is luck or them feeling like you need to be there for them. So here they're like, you guys being together helped them win. So they kind of tried to make it sweet. So side thing, I lived in Chile for like over a year in college. And then I came back and my friend said, uh, he's like, oh, I got us Red Sox tickets. Like he had done this whole lottery and he was able to get some. And he's like, do you want to come with me? And I was like, sure. So we're literally on the train in Boston and I go, so how did the Red Sox do last year? And he's like, yeah, that's funny. And I was like, what? And he's like, they, what, what? It turned out they had won the World Series and I had no idea because I'd been in Chile and nobody ever told me and I wouldn't <laughs> have seen it in the news or, you know, I wasn't like reading U.S. news. And then he brings me home and shows me all the highlights that I missed. <laughs> So were you interested in the highlights? Yeah, I mean, he was acting like the Jimmy Fallon Ben. He was like being like, and then this happened, and then this happened. So yeah, it was really sweet. So I had a friend who was with the enthusiasm showing me that uh, their path to victory. So that was cool. Yeah, she goes to like three or four games a week with him. That's a lot. And that's a lot. That's a lot. But I have a friend, Victoria, from East Boston, who has been my Jimmy Fallon as far as she taught me, my wife, and my whole family how to watch baseball and how to enjoy it. 
and the traditions and so on in Fenway Park. And that is a wonderful experience. So shout out to Victoria for giving us that Fenway Park Red Sox experience. All right, let's get into segments. Yes. The next day. Well, I don't really think they're... They already showed the next day. They already showed them, like, going off and winning. I feel like they had sort of a stable arrangement. Like, they've already been dating for a year. Yeah. We already know that they work, so I think we can skip this because they already showed, like, they were able to stay together through this. There wasn't, like, a climax of the kiss. They showed them how they kept being okay months after they got together. So, you know... They're okay, and they literally get pregnant. They kind of say at the end that she got pregnant, um, and they're going to have a family together. So, But how is she going to deal with summer? Uh, okay, let's go directly into- Will they make it? Will they make All it? All right, will they so make it as a couple? Summer Ben is the one that is a problem. Yes. The one who prioritizes Red Sox above everything yeah. else, above family emergencies, above- spending time with her and her friends. But he's changed. At the end of the film, he's changed. He was willing to sign away his access to the Red Sox for her. So I think he's going to be just giving away or selling more of his Red Sox tickets. And he'll still follow it, but not as intensely, and he won't make it as as, as strong. Yeah, so he's got a two-month-old child, let's say. Yeah. Is he going to as many Red Sox games? No. Oh, like not yeah because like, totally because he's he he totally loves her he's totally gonna love this little kid he's a very like loyal dedicated guy so he's yeah he knows that they're they're gonna have to come first and he's not gonna be able to go to the games and then um but they will probably have a nanny because she's rich i do like how it talks about this idea of that you can come up with a unique arrangement yeah. for you as a couple yeah. that you could actually have every summer maybe she gets real deep in her career and maybe he gets real deep in his red socks and they don't actually spend that much time together yeah she's okay with that i mean like you know in relationships you have that like people do that like i i don't spend uh christmas with my husband i spend it with my family and then he and i meet up afterwards it's not you know everyone has their own relationship arrangement and if they take that same way that they figured it out for the red socks and his all-consuming passion for that where they both give a little bit and they talk about it explicitly they can apply that to every part of their life, you know, whether it's housework or whether it's what kind of vacations they take or whatnot. That bodes well for them. Yeah. They're just such a sweet couple. They love each other. So. Just got to break down his decision to sell his season tickets. Was that deliberately a move to try to get her back? No. So he was selling it because he was like, they're like, what if she doesn't even take you back when he's going to give it away? He's like, I'll always remember what I lost when I'm sitting here. Which is, you know, he realizes okay. he's losing things by doing this. So, yeah. I'm a little suspicious of the all or none aspect of this, that he was willing to go cold turkey Red Sox season tickets. It is a grand gesture. It's not like scaling it back. We never saw him go to like half as many games. Well, well or... that'll be next year. Yeah. This year they did their... Yeah trying things out and next year will be different and especially a kid will throw yeah. all of that off so yeah. yeah but also they had to make something that was a climax for her to have to run across what other reason would she have to run across a field and get arrested <laughs> she's gonna have a criminal record because of this there's not much things she could have literally just met him afterwards if she wanted to tell him she loved him but she had to stop him from losing something vital to him <laughs> and she falls badly onto the field too. Oh yeah, she would have totally broken her legs. She like drop. She has like a ten foot drop in heels that she lands on the ground. 
So next segment. You versus U. So ways that they try to woo each other. How do they court each other? How do they try to hit on each other? Yeah. And charm each other? Which ones are, are actually charming and which ones are not so charming? Well, he takes her parents out golfing because he knows that's really important to her, how he comes across to her family. So that's a nice wooing tactic of like, I'm really going to yeah. try hard to make a good impression for your parents. Good move. Yeah. And you see her kind of really melt at moments like that. Oh, yeah. She gets that Drew Barrymore smile. Also... He cares for her when she's like barfing her bum off. That's really sweet. He's really doing the like, I will take care of you when he doesn't even, you know, know her and she's like puking and on the floor and she's at her worst. They basically show her without lipstick. Uh, and yeah, and then he like takes care of her and does everything, you know? So that's a really sweet, like, ooh, that's nice. Yeah, I like that his virtues or the way that he courts her, a lot of it is nurturing. Yeah non-traditionally macho things yeah i mean he really cares and yet he still comes across this fairly confident sense of humor and stuff so what else do they do to try and win each other over she she definitely gets into the red Sox thing i mean this is after they're already together so they're trying to strengthen their relationship she you know yep. tries her best to pitch in on that yep he does try to give up some red Sox things and he doesn't even at some point say like it's just a game like i should be with you which is why she's so happy that they've had a compromise and then he kind of breaks her heart by being like i miss the best game ever this is the worst thing ever and she just he had just told her that like it was they were the most amazing time together so you know like things were going well there with the wooing okay so next up is the story of us mm-hmm so this is talking about our own personal, if we were attracted to both men and women romantically, what our own relationship would be like with these two people, Ben and Lindsay. If we would be attracted to them, if we would get along with them, if we would build a life together with them. So what are your thoughts? Uh, let's see. Ben is a sweet guy. As we said, he's a man boy with redeeming qualities. I would date him for a while because he is, as I said, I like scruffy. He's scruffy. Um, but I think his, his man boyish would start to irk me a little bit. Um, and, and so I don't see him being with him for the long haul. So I think I would definitely date him for a period and I don't know how it would work out. And I think it would be hard unless he was willing to make changes for the Red Sox stuff. I wouldn't want to like have to go to all the games with him. It would just not be compatible with my life. So I think we'd eventually burn out. Yeah. Uh, what about Lindsay? Lindsay, she's sweet and she's she's nice, but um, yeah, I don't know. Her friends kind of suck. I don't really want to hang out with her and her friends, so meh. She kind of works a lot, so I don't know. I, I think probably she not. She said 90-hour weeks? She was like 90-hour weeks. I'm like, no thanks. So yeah, probably not going to work out. Okay. All right, for myself... Ben, some of his humor fell incredibly flat for me, but I also liked that he was very sociable, like he could get along with all types of people, you know, great with kids and great with adults. It turned out he could wear a great Gatsby outfit, amazingly. Like yeah. after struggling to pull together an outfit just to meet her parents, he had an immaculate white suit with a bow tie. I do like the way he talks about his passion. If you can frame your passion in a way rather than just getting deep into the nerdery if you can communicate what you like about it that's a whole different story yeah no he does communicate well about why he likes it but there still would be a hell of a lot of baseball stuff yeah like that would be 90 percent of what he'd be thinking about at all times yeah so it's like that would get very boring very fast 
we would both re- much rather be with Winter Ben than uh, Summer Ben. Yeah. I'd yeah. love to have him as my occasional Red Sox buddy that I go to a game with. I'd probably get a couple of slots for them. I'm not willing to dance for them as some people do. Yeah, some of them. Yeah, a lot of people really will do a lot for his tickets. The other side of him, I also found a big turnoff, just as she did. The, like, maniac Sox Nation person. Yeah, that's kind of, that's the thing is he goes between being a bit of a doofus about things, but then also being very sweet. So he just goes kind of back and forth. Yeah, so Lindsay is played by Drew Barrymore, who's just so charming, so natural. She does a thing where she makes a seagull sound and he throws something into her mouth. And it's really cute. Yeah. (laughs) Exactly. And it's just incredibly cute. She does work a lot, but that's okay. Yeah. No, there's nothing wrong with that. By the way, one thing that I noticed is that, you know, they do establishing shots of her office building at different points. She seems to have switched offices from the John Hancock building to the Prudential Center. (laughs) Despite it being the same set on the inside. But yeah, she likes fine restaurants. She likes uh, Boston itself. You know, I think we'd have a lot, a lot of fun together. Drew Barrymore. I see us going long term. Oh, wow. Mm-hmm. 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 And she wears the Louise Brooks hair really well in the uh, Great Gatsby party. She's got this. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, you're going to get to go to some great parties with her. That's a birthday party. (laughs) That is only a birthday party. Okay. Like, man, you're going to go to some great parties with her. Yeah. I feel like she's part of like the old rich white population of Boston. Like, I don't think she's from Boston, but. That's who she's hanging out with? Yeah, I don't know. They're all just like rich and high achieving looking, yeah. I counted about two people of color who had any lines in this oh, movie. Oh, yeah, I was totally watching it and I was like, so it's starring Jimmy Fallon, Drew Barrymore, and a lot of white people. Like, yeah, <laughs> this is a very white film. Yeah, I definitely noted that. All of both of their friends are white. Yeah. Uh, except for the two people of color in the background with no lines during the seat drafting. Yes, the seat drafting. They're literally, one of them doesn't even say anything. He just knocks him, I think, touches him with his ticket. It goes, boop. That's his line. So you go, boop. Yep. Okay. Yeah. So the time for the endorphin report. Endorphin reports. So I felt it was endorphin-tastic. Gave me many, many sprinkles because them being together, he just looks at her like he loves her, like all the time. And he is just like, they're walking and he'll just look at her lovingly like sprinkles and he'll kiss her and he looks like he really cares and so i was getting little sprinkles all over the place so i was just getting a lot of sweet sprinkles yeah i liked whenever he would make a joke which were sometimes not very good jokes yeah she would look at him like that is the funniest thing i'm so charmed you're adorable and that look on her face was very charming in itself i would say those were my sprinkles Yeah, like there are just so many moments where they're together. So I would say it's not like there's one moment that is so many sprinkles. It's just like they, I guess there are some parts where like when they're at that that, uh, gay Gatsby party, they just look so in love, you know, like they just like are just so enthralled by each other. It's just so sweet. So yeah. This is the best day of my life. Yeah. And they felt like they really connected emotionally and after they had some like great sex and they're just like, they seem so happy. So the running across the field thing, like that's an obligatory rom-com type moment. That's a rom-com big climax moment. They still kind of built to it. I feel like they almost earned it. And it was an incredibly passionate, intense moment. Yes. She's like, do not give up something that is so important to you. You you should not have to give this up for me. Like, we can be together. Don't, Don't give up this part of yourself. 
Yeah. 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 And the, what was keeping them apart was not lack of chemistry or lack of caring. It was this other thing that was actually a fairly believable obstacle in its own way. So that's unusual. And that led to lots of, it meant that they didn't have to stay apart the whole movie. It meant that they didn't have to have dumb fights that are about nothing. Yeah. And they have fights, but they do, in a lot of the fights, try to work things out and try to negotiate. Yeah, they talk things through explicitly yeah. and they figure things out. They come to an arrangement. Conflict resolution sprinkles. <laughs> All right. I think that's it for the endorphin report, unless there's any last things to say. No. Nope. Fever pitch? Just sprinkle. Oh, I can't even think of a baseball pun of sprinkles. It... This one hits the sprinkles out of the park. It's... No. They made it home it's with sprinkles. Good. Nope. They pitched the sprinkles. Nope. They did not follow out on. They huh? did not foul out on sprinkles. Foul is hard to say. Foul. Foul. So yeah. Yep. <laughs> All right. We'll leave this as an exercise for the listener. Yep. Catch you next time on the Endorphin Report. All right. Bye bye. Bye. Then tune on for the Endorphin Report. Orphan Report